Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. I want to speak to you today from the subject, Why do you seek the living among the dead? Why do you seek the living among the dead? This question comes from our text. We're going to read from the book of Luke, chapter 24. This is after the crucifixion. Three days have passed by, and and it's the first of the week, early in the morning, and the woman disciples are heading to the tomb of Jesus. And the Bible tells us, in verse 1, But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. How many are grateful that he has risen this Sunday morning? That the tomb is empty, the grave is open, and we can celebrate. Today, I want to speak to you about life. I want to talk to you about the living. My hope today is is to communicate to you this truth, that our soul's search for life should bring us to Jesus Christ. That our internal, desperate search for more will lead us to the foot of the cross. And I hope through this sermon today, by the end of it, that you will have a revelation and a realization of what eternal life is and its implications in your life. Come on, let's pray. Holy Spirit, right now we give you this moment. Lord, will you come and will you lead us? Will you reveal yourself to us? Lead us to life. In Jesus' name, come on, all God's people said. Come on, all God's people said. Amen, amen, amen. You know, our soul is searching for this living. It's searching for life. We have an internal compass that, that goes beyond the everyday, the normal. We know that there's more than merely existing. We know it in our hearts. And, 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 and many of us are on this search to find life, and true living. And, 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 and within that is this idea of happiness or, or joy that there, there's just something more. And we know it. And even as I say it, it resonates in the deepest part of you. There, there's something more. And this is, even, this is even this concept found in our language that we use, you know. We, we, say, we say stuff like, ah, oh, that's, that's the life. <laughs> My son, when he, when he gets home from school and he gets his juice, juice box and he gets on the couch, he puts his arms behind his head and he goes, now this is the life. And it's like, your whole life is the life, man. You, you're seven years old, you haven't had a bad day yet. Your whole life is the life. But we use that phrase, you know, like if we see someone on vacation, you know, they're, they're on vacation in Monaco, we say, oh, that person's living. That, that person's living. Not us. We're cold. They're living. Or, or sometimes when we've been, you know, when we're being petty or small, someone will say to us, mostly usually it's a sibling, will say, will you get a life? You just get... That one hurt. Feels. We're going to pray for family wounds right now. 
get a life. Well, just in, embedded in our language is this, this knowledge that there's something more. That there's a living, and, and we get glimpses of it, and we have moments of it where we, where we almost will even realize, oh, no, no, this, this is what I was made for. This, this feels, but it's, it's just a glimpse. It's just a fleeting moment, a shadow, like looking through a, a crack in the door to a world beyond. We know there's something there, and our soul, and the instinct of our soul tells us, go search for it. Go find that place. Go try and attain that living. We're all on a search, and our soul is searching for meaning. Our soul is searching for truth. Even if it has a cost, we want truth. Even if it's uncomfortable, we want the truth. Even if we can't handle the truth, we want the truth. And we'll pay the price for truth. And, and I think the reason you're here is because your search has led you to find truth. We want something more. Merely existing is not good enough for you. And you know it. And that's, why, that's why you have this, this part of you that's pursuing. We know we want more than life. We want a vibrant life. Come on, we want a life filled with vitality. We want health in our mind, in our body. How many people here, you want a vibrant whole life? It's what you're searching for. It's what, it's what you are searching for. And you join all of humanity in this search. Everyone who has ever lived has found themselves in this search. C.S. Lewis puts it like this. He says, if I find in myself desires which nothing in this world can satisfy, the only logical explanation is that I was made for another world. What is he saying? He's saying, I can sense that there's more. And so the question we have today is, well, if that's true, how do we find this life? How do we search it out? How do we get there? We know, we know in us we're searching for something. What is that something? We're looking somewhere. Well, where is the place that holds this life? Like the woman, that early morning, searching, we search. And they came to the tomb, but what were they searching for? Who were they searching for? They were searching for their Savior. They were searching for salvation. And so they, they come to the, to the tomb, and they, they find it empty. Now, this is not what they expected. The last place they saw Jesus was here. The last place his body was laid was here. And so they were expecting for God to be exactly where they left him. Isn't that what we do sometimes? They were expecting God to show up the way they thought he would show up. But the truth is, God rarely shows up in the way that you would expect him. He is not on your timetable. You know, he, he is, like C.S. Lewis says, he's not a tame lion. He does what he wants to do. And, 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 and so here they come expecting natural. But something supernatural is going on. Something supernatural is going on. I want you to know today, maybe you came today expecting natural, but the good news is something supernatural is going on. I want you to know if you came searching for life, you came to the right place. And it might not come how you expected it, but today is the day that God is drawing you to himself. And this angel, which just means messenger, says to these women, he says, why are you seeking the living amongst the dead? Why are you searching for the living amongst the dead. But you got to understand, this angel wasn't just asking them in that place, in that time. It was really a question of heaven to humanity. 
It was a question from God to man. God's asking us. He's asking history. Why are you seeking life amongst death? What's he saying? He's saying, I think you're searching in the wrong places. And isn't it true that that is exactly what we do? We seek eternal life amongst temporary things. We seek seek for salvation from things that have no power. We're searching exactly like them. We are searching for the living amongst the dead. And we think, well, if I could just acquire, if I could just acquire some assets, if I could just acquire a romantic relationship, if I, if, I, if I could just acquire a new home and a new car and a second home and a newer car and more assets and a newer romantic relationship, if I could just get, then I'd be living. But the, the truth is hoarders have proved one thing to us. You can have a lot of stuff and not have a healthy life. Or, or, or maybe... Maybe you think, well, if I could just achieve, if I could achieve awards or achieve in education or achieve recognition, if I could just get my bosses to like me and trust me, if I could just get a little bit of jealousy of my peers, if I could just get a little bit of preeminence and prominence, then, oh, I'd be living. (laughs) If I could just get a, a better education or another degree or a better job if I could just be in one of those places that people look up towards and they say oh look at them well then I'd find life some some here might think well if I could just attain if I could just attain peace if I could just attain peace in my mind if I wasn't so cloudy if it wasn't so filled with chaos if I wasn't stuck in anxiety If I wasn't mixed up in myself, if I could just find me, if I could just be okay with me, if I could just come to terms with who I am, then then maybe I'd be satisfied. Then maybe I would be secure. If I could just attain, maybe then I would find life. Maybe then I would be living. But the truth is, what does it profit a man? If he gains the whole world, it loses his own soul. And I wonder how many times people that have acquired and achieved and attained will have to turn around and tell us, this isn't it. wonder how many times they'll have to do that before we start believing them. Because the reality is, many of us think if we just get further down this road, then, then we'll be living. And then when we get further down the road, we think if I just get even a little bit more further. And we're walking our way through life, searching for life. And those that are further down the road, they're here saying, hey, I just want you to know, this isn't it. And we say, well, yeah, yeah, you know, you got a bunch of money. We'll let you know if it is once we get there. But they're saying, I'm telling you, money doesn't buy meaning. Education doesn't bring enlightenment. They're telling us this, is, this isn't it. Maybe, maybe you've heard this, this line from the comedian philosopher Jim Carrey. 
who says, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so they can see that it's not the answer. So today, I, I commend your search. I commend your soul's search for life, your longing for true life. But I would challenge the places you're looking in. I would challenge the locations you're seeking in. My question to you today is, is there a better way? I believe there's a better way. I believe there's a better way to meaning. I believe there's a better path to truth. I believe there is a way to attain life eternal. I believe there is a better way. And you might not see it in all those around you, but there is a better way before you. There is a better, a better path offered to you. And Jesus says it like this. He says, I am the way. There's a better way. Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And he says, and no one comes to the Father except through me. What is the cross? It's a crossroads. Jesus is saying, if you want to get into the ark of salvation, I'm the door. If you want to enter into the fold of, 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 of my community, I'm the gate. He's saying, if you want to get to God the Father, you've got to come through God the Son. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And my question for you today is, have you considered this claim? Have you considered it deeply? Because it has eternal ramifications. It has great significance. This claim wasn't made by a mere man. This claim wasn't made by a nobody. Jesus is the most significant person who's ever lived. Even if you don't believe he's savior, you cannot doubt his significance. History is split by his life. Everything, oh my goodness, so much of reality comes from his existence. So much of what we see in our society, so much of the good came from the fact that he determined it. Even like the basic things, like that we think, you know, do unto others as you would want them, of course, as you'd want them to do, of course. Before Jesus, that was not a concept in play. So what we take for granted as basic logic comes from the man. He was the greatest teacher to ever live. He was the greatest philosopher to ever speak. And Jesus makes this claim. He says, I'm the only way. I'm the truth. And I'm the life. I'm what you're searching for. My question is, have you considered this claim? Because Jesus was either a liar, he was either a lunatic, or he is who he said he was. And he's Lord of all. And if he's Lord of all, if he is the Savior, my question is, have you given him your life? Have you followed his path? Have you gone his way? The woman disciples were there searching for their Savior. And the angel begins to speak to them, and, and he says, he's not here. 
He's not in this cemetery. There's no life among the dead. The Bible says, what fellowship can light have with darkness? He's saying, he's not in this place. He's not here where you're searching for. And the truth is, you will not find your Savior in society. And you will not find your Savior in yourself. Well, they say, look within. I've looked within. I need help. I got to save me? We're in trouble. No, he's not there. He's not there. He's not in society. He's not in self. And you know what? Salvation is not in stuff. Those things are powerless. They are temporary. They are no greater than the cemetery. So the, the angel says, he's, he's not, he's not, he's not there. He, he's not here. Jesus even warns us about where we should look on our search. He says, people will tell you, hey, there he is. Or, or here he is. And Jesus says, don't go running off after them. Because you'll spend your whole life following people's opinion of where life is located. And you'll be running in circles for years. And haven't we seen this? Haven't we seen this play out? Where people say, look, look, here's this new philosopher. Here's this new poet. Here's this new prophet. Here's this new educational system. Look, there he is. There's salvation. Oh, look, here's a new political leader. He'll lead us. He won't be like all the rest. He'll lead us to the promised land. Look, here he is. And if you're not careful, you'll end up chasing temporary, powerless things. And you'll miss the mighty Savior. Look, Bitcoin will save us. There it is. Elon. But Jesus says, the angel says, he's not there. It's not in that stuff. It's not in society. You're not going to find him in all the good things that you can acquire. Good things, but not God things. He's not there. And maybe you know this is true. Maybe you've lived your life 20, 30, 40, 50 years looking for living among the dead. And I'm here to tell you today, as God's messenger, he's not in that stuff. Why? Because you're looking too low. When they came, they looked down into the earth. But you and I know salvation doesn't come from the earth. Salvation comes from heaven. You're looking too low. He's not, he's not there. He's not there. He's risen. And so today, I would encourage you, I would implore you, look up higher. Lift your gaze up higher. Away from the earthly and the temporary and the little things, look up higher. The psalmist says, I lift my eyes up to the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord 
the maker of heaven and earth. This is the gospel, that you would turn your eyes to the hill called Calvary, the place called Golgotha, the way of the skull, that you would lift your eyes up to the cross that was set up there because it was on that hill that the maker of heaven and earth, he defeated death on that hill. He broke curses on that hill. He secured salvation on that hill. He rescued our lives on that hill. I'm done looking at the little. I'm going to lift my eyes up. I'm going to remember the cross. I'm going to remember the sacrifice. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all mankind unto myself. So I'm done looking in the dead. I'm looking for the living. And in his death, he secured life. And his tomb, three days later, is empty. Because death could never hold him. He just had to pass through it to defeat it. Death could never hold him. His tomb is empty. But you know, at that time, that wasn't the only tomb that was empty. The Bible tells us that in the moment of Jesus' crucifixion, that the earth shook, that darkness came over the face of the earth, that the veil between the Holy of Holies was torn from top to bottom. And in that shaking, the Bible says that graves of holy men and women that had gone on before broke open and these people got up out of their graves and they walked back into town. They're like, I'm back. Hey, you owe me 50 bucks. You didn't think I'd be back for that. I'm back. <laughs> and that's good news because that proves that the cross of Jesus Christ and the victory on the cross of Jesus Christ is transferable to us. If their graves open, our graves can open. If they could resurrect, we could resurrect. If he gave them life, he can give us life. If they got victory, we can get victory. Because his tomb is empty to this day. My tomb will be empty one day. So I can say in the iconic words of Julie Miller, it don't matter where you bury me. Because I'll be home and I'll be free. He turns funerals into festivals. He shows up and he changes things around. That's why only Christians could ever celebrate at a funeral because we know it's not the end, it's the beginning. Because we have resurrection life. And this is what the Apostle Paul was speaking about in the book of Romans where he writes to us, we were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Turn to your neighbor and say, we too. We too. We too. This isn't just for them. This is for you. This isn't just for then. This is for now. We too might walk in newness of life. So the angel says, he, he's, not, he's not here. He's risen. His resurrection is our promise of salvation. His resurrection is our reality 
of life. Because he died and rose again, one day we will die, but we will rise again. The dead in Christ will rise first. This is what Jesus was speaking about. And that ultimate verse, John 3, 16. Come on, let's, let's recite it together, the promise of life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What was that last part? Come on, what was that last promise? What will you have? For God so loved that he gave his life so that you and I could have everlasting life. He is who our soul has been searching for. Maybe you're here and you, you're wondering, well then, Jordan, why, why then? If our promise is life, why is there still so much pain then? And suffering. Still catastrophe and death. And the reality is, though Jesus secured life in the resurrection, not all of us are living and not all of us have accepted that life. God even says in the book of Deuteronomy, I put today before you a blessing and a curse. Life and death. And then God says, but choose life. Choose life. The cross is the choice. Do you want life? In fact, Jesus says this. He says there is a thief. There is a robber. There is an enemy. And he has a goal and a mission. And the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. He comes to bring fallout. He comes to bring pain and suffering. He comes to sow division amongst people. No, he's active and he's working. But Jesus says, but I came. That they might have life and have life more abundantly. How many are thankful that today you can choose life because of Jesus? And so I would propose to you today that your soul's search for life must lead you to Jesus Christ. He is the author. He is the finisher of your faith. Like Simon Peter says, Lord, to whom else can we go? You have the words of life. Today, even as I speak, I believe that God's spirit has been speaking to you. Maybe even he's been speaking the past few weeks or months bringing you here Maybe your heart is beating and deep inside there's a resonance going on where you know what I'm speaking is true and that God desires for you to come into brand new life with him. My question for you today is do you need that resurrection life at work in your life? See, when you come before the gates of heaven, the Bible is going to look, at the, uh, God is going to look in the book. You know the name of the book? It's the Lamb's Book of Life. It's not the book of good. It's not the book of stuff. It's not what you acquire, or achieve, or attain. There's only one book. It's the book of life. And God will open it and see, is your name in this book? If today you want your name in that book of life, if you want to receive the sort of life that I'm speaking about today, where you know that the Holy Spirit is drawing you to him. God's presence is drawing you to him right now. Today, I, I, want to, I want to speak specifically to you, and I want to offer you 
what Jesus offered through the cross, an invitation to eternal life. Maybe you're here and you really don't know God. Maybe this is the first time you've ever heard a presentation of the gospel like this. And maybe you've never even been to a church like this before and you're looking around and you're like, man, these people are loud. That's... And you don't know God. But even as I'm speaking, something deep within you is saying, hey, this is truth. And this is what you've been searching for. Today is the day where you can make Jesus Christ your Lord and your Savior. He died on the cross so that you won't have to live under the curse of darkness and death, but that you could come into the land of living in light. And God brought you here today. You say, now my grandmother. No, God brought you here today. And he brought you here to hear this word. But not just so that you could feel better, but that you could respond to it. And your soul, which is the eternal part of you, would come into alignment with God and heaven would be open to you, that you would have eternal life. Maybe you're here today, and, and, and you know about God. You're religious. You know of God, but you don't know God. And more importantly, God doesn't know you. And today, in my presentation, there's something stirring inside of you. Maybe you've had some achievement. Maybe you've had some success, but you know you're missing something. And I want you to know it's not knowledge that saves you. It's repentance. And today's the day where you need to move from religion to relationship. That's the reason Jesus came, so that there could be friendship between God and his children. Or maybe you're here and you are far from God. You would maybe use the word prodigal to describe yourself. Maybe in the last two years, things just got turned so upside down that you've drifted from God. And maybe if you were to describe what place you're in right now, it would, it would be a, like a desert place. You're hungry, you're thirsty, but you're just a long way off. But like the story of the prodigal son, even when you are a long way off, if you just turn toward God, the Bible says he'll run towards you. And today is the day where I believe you can come back into newness of life. Come back into restoration. Come back into forgiveness. I don't know where on that spectrum you are, but I know that when you turn to Jesus, you'll find forgiveness. He'll pull you out of the darkness, out of the stuckness, and he'll put you on the path of resurrection life. Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. If you want to learn more about our church, visit us online at awakening.global. We'll see you soon.